it's time for Baldry's Beat. Keith Baldry, Legislative Bureau Chief for Global News. Good morning, Keith. Happy Friday. Let's start with the pipeline attack in Whoa. northern B.C. Man, isn't like mayhem up there near Houston, B.C.? That seems, you know, unless I'm wrong, I think that's the most destructive uh, and expensive so-called protest we've ever seen. And we're talking, I think uh, the estimation is millions of dollars of damage. It wasn't just a few broken windows. This was a major protest. Having said that, not entirely surprised. This thing has been simmering on boil for a long time. And it's it may have been a, on the back burner for a yeah. little while, but it's still simmering. Yeah, yeah, it's been out there. I mean, it's obviously there's some entrenched opposition and some fairly militant opposition to this project. And we've seen, you know, a protest camp before. We've seen confrontations between uh, police and protesters that have gotten very tense in the past. And now we're seeing it, uh, what, what played out yesterday was just... Uh, uh, not unbelievable because, again, not unexpected. Yeah, and they've got some real bitter divisions up there. I oh, mean, yeah. you know, the company will say, look, we've got every First Nation along that pipeline route supports this. Mm-hmm. Well, it's the elected band council support it, and they've signed benefit sharing agreements with the them. hereditary chiefs. That's it. So Three of them, I think, uh, oppose it. Yeah, the environmental uh, activists who oppose the project have latched on to the hereditary chiefs sure. for, to bolster their cause. It's an intractable situation, so not surprised there was violence. This takes it to a new level, oh, though. Yeah. I mean, this you is... got a police officer has been injured, you know, twenty people, some of them with axes, a lot of damage. Like the the photos that police released were quite dramatic, as some of these like major pieces of heavy equipment just trashed and set on fire. I mean, yeah. just absolutely destroyed. It'll be interesting. I mean, a lot of the actors are known up there in terms of who's on which side. So it'll be interesting whether any arrests are made as a result of this. Right. Okay. Investigation underway. I spoke to the Kevin Falcon, the new BC Liberal leader, this morning about this. He was my first guest this morning, and he's not mincing words what he thinks about this. Here's what he had to say. They tried to light their truck on fire. There's axes smashing out windows. I mean, these are domestic terrorists, and the harshest penalties need to be imposed upon them once we track them down. Okay, he also calls on the Horgan government here to get tougher. He talked about tougher laws, more resources up there to protect this infrastructure and the people working on it. So I asked him what would he do differently, and here's what he said. I think we have to, frankly, look at the laws that apply and toughen up the laws and penalties against those who think that laws don't apply to them. I think we have to stop the catch and release approach where they get arrested and then they get released. I think there's got to be penalties. Um, I would start with uh, maybe 200 hours of cleaning up garbage around the city of Vancouver and then escalate that into jail time if necessary. And I would also look at, uh, I think we have to look at setting up a, a separate policing unit that is focused just on these kind of protesters. Okay, your thoughts. Well, uh, first of all, this is all federal jurisdiction. It's not provincial jurisdiction. These are criminal code offenses, which means it's the federal government. It's not the provincial government. It's the RCMP investigating. Yeah, and BC BC government is not directly the RCMP. Interesting, he's advocating the creation of a separate police unit. I'm not sure what... Uh, what that's about that's that's first time i've ever heard that i mean to what to police protesters that seems a bit uh i don't know pipeline police uh, pipeline I police know. i don't know about that i'm not sure that's uh it's that's necessitated right now yeah and, and um you know the police are still investigating like he was saying that well, maybe there should be tougher penalties there should be tougher jail sentences but you're right i mean that's all that's all kind of federal jurisdiction and when a key thing too like if if farnworth was here right now the Solicitor General, he would say, I don't tell the cops what to do. You know, the politicians under the system, the way it works, is well, the police think, make their own operational decisions. You right? think it through, do you really want to be in a system where the politicians 
uh, tell the police what to do. Uh, I mean, that's where you step into authoritarian type of structures, and we're not going there. Yeah, and of course, we're already getting comparisons to the situation in Ottawa, saying, well, they brought in the Emergencies Act to deal with the protests in Ottawa, tracing the money, follow the money, foreign money, fueling mm -hmm. the truck, truck blockades in Ottawa. Are they going to do the same thing here now? Or are they going to bring in the, you know, well, apply Jason, the Emergencies Act to this? Jason Kenney tried to do that in Alberta in terms of, of trying to find out the, where the money's going, coming from when it comes to the environmental movement. He had that, that whole department. It just sort of blew up in his face. I don't, you're not going to see that in BC. I don't see the reason for it. Well, there, there are clearly some foreign U.S. Oh, yeah. US based environmental foundations yeah. that are funding some of the groups here. Yeah, and, uh, you know, tech billionaires living on the Gulf Islands uh, yeah. funding these things. So, for sure, there's foreign money. But I'm not sure, at the end of the day, that's really the key part of this puzzle. This is a huge project, and it's absolutely crucial because that pipeline will feed the LNG, LNG Canada, Canada mega project yep. in Kitimat, $40 billion. Like, this yep. is the biggest project ever. If that pipeline does not get built... That ex that LNG export terminal in Kitimat doesn't get built either. No. So you know another. Well, stakes are very high here for yeah. sure. I mean, I think it's about sixty-five percent com uh, right. completed already, right. but it's still one third of it's still yet to be built. Yeah, and a lot of, a lot of the part that's not built is through the most disputed regions, the disputed yeah. territories very, in this Wet'suwet'en territory. Very remote areas of the province as well. So it's, yeah. it's tough to get resources up there in terms of, of policing this. There's only so many police officers out there in terms of RCMP. So I mean, do you redeploy hundreds of people up there? I don't think that's going to happen. Okay, speaking of Ottawa, a huge police presence on the streets yeah. of Ottawa. Police are moving in, trucks are being towed, people are being arrested. They arrested two of the key protest leaders last night. Yep. Presumably looking for some of the other leaders. Maybe they're going to get arrested too. Yeah, this thing is coming to a head right now. Dramatic uh, pictures on television. You've got a lot of uh, yellow-vested police officers slowly marching their way through the streets. They're arresting some people one by one. Uh, not mass arrests yet. Oh, that could change at any second, literally. Um, but uh, it's a, a bit of a tense standoff right now. But uh, a lot of protesters are kneeling and hugging each other to show that they're peaceful, uh, but that's not going to uh, allow them to avoid the handcuffs. Yeah, I was taking up watching some of the arrests last night of some of the leaders, the protest leaders. Tamara Litch was arrested. Chris Barber, Chris Barber yeah. was a, was arrested. Two of the key leaders here. You've seen them at some of these uh, news conferences. Um, some of the people who have not been arrested so far, Daniel Balford, a former RCMP officer who left the RCMP after he refused to get vaccinated. He's another one of the spokespeople. Uh, latest report is I don't believe he's been arrested. BJ Dichter is another one. You often see him uh, sitting beside Tamara Litch at some mm -hmm. of these news conferences. He's still not a resident. Pat King is the most notorious one of all. I haven't heard any reports of him being arrested. And he's the one who had the offensive Facebook rant about Jugmeet Singh, I believe. Um, yeah, and he's also been encouraging truckers to resist and stuff. So you know. Yeah, well, his comments on Jugmeet Singh were racist, out and out no. racist. No. So um, again, the the alt right uh, and the far right have taken over this this protest. Not everyone on the ground, of course, is alt right or far right, but the leaders are. Let me ask you uh, closer to home here with an incident that happened in Victoria the other day, and mm. this this is kind Very of shocking. Disturbing. Maybe we shouldn't be too shocked anymore, but. This one kind of surprised me. So you had a home support worker who works for the uh, Vancouver, the Island Health Authority, was going to a home in Victoria with with a client, 
in a in a marked vehicle, so a, a vehicle marked with Island, Island Health, Health yeah. logo, um, surrounded by some protesters, some anti anti vaccine pro- mandate protesters who I guess had been protesting nearby at the legislature, surrounded this vehicle, harassed harassed the person there. Uh, apparently, some other vehicles there also parked near this uh, Island Health vehicle. Island Health has now said they're removing their logos from some mm-hmm. of their vehicles here. Just like the news media have had to remove their logos uh, for getting attacked by anti-vaxxers. John Horgan was asked about this yesterday. Here's what he had to say. The last thing these heroes need, quite frankly, is thuggery and belligerence from those who will be there, regardless of that thuggery and belligerence, those healthcare workers will be there to hold their hand as they're intubated. So uh, it's just not acceptable. I think I speak for all British Columbians, profound regret that there's that level of stupidity in some of our fellow citizens. As Horgan speaking yesterday. Mincing no words there. So yeah, line during the Times calling us today, local paper here in Victoria, is how James Bay residents, this is the neighborhood around the legislature, are basically increasingly furious at these protesters for setting off fireworks at night, uh, honking their horns at all hours. Uh, It's a tiny group of people. There's literally only any given moment, maybe 30 people. on. How often is that happening, though? Is it just on the weekends or? No, it's happening weeknights as well. Uh, Not not anywhere near the same degree as downtown Ottawa. So, yeah, it's mostly Friday night, Saturday, uh, but it does happen uh, through the week as well. But it's, it's James Bay. And because it's uh, it's just the acoustics, uh, any horn in James Bay, it can be heard right around the neighborhood. Spaldry's Beat. The phone lines are open. 604-280-9898 is the number. Star 9898 on your cell. Bill in North Van. Hi, Bill. Go ahead. Hi there. Keith often talks about following the money trail, and I want to know why you guys aren't talking about the fact that Trudeau holds 40% shares of a, a company called Accutus, pharmaceuticals which is directly profiting from the, these vaccinations yeah you think that's in guys <laughs> yeah whatever <laughs> Don't get the, okay yeah the, the true the trudeau family is like uh exposed uh, yeah my goodness okay so that, that's part you know the, like the ant the anti sort of the vax conspiracy theories this is quite common kind of comment you'll hear yeah like this is some sort of global pharmaceutical company thing and trudeau's got a piece of it or something yeah you know? bill gates it's yeah, all bill, about bill, bill, bill gates, gates putting the microchip in your arm he's putting the microchips in people to yeah. follow them around. it's very close to the QAnon. yeah james in white rock hi james hi thanks for taking my call i just wanted to ask keith with what's happening up north because it's a national infrastructure project, would you consider what the protester is doing up there with attacking the equipment and the pipeline itself being an act of national terrorism? Well, it's uh, interesting. BC Liberal leader Kevin Falcon on this show just moments ago said it's an act of domestic terrorism. Yeah. And I'm sure there's a lot of people agree with, with him on that. Now, it's interesting. The Emergency Act is in place. Which they're still debating it. It's it's in place. Uh, once it passes Parliament, it's going to be in place for thirty days. Will it be used to uh, potentially look at what happened up in uh, in Houston, BC? Um, I wouldn't rule that out. Would they need the Emergency Act to investigate something like this? Like one of the things. Well, they could, if they can find out who the protesters are, can they uh, go after their bank accounts? Well. You know, it's not uh, about not about an RCMP uh, investigation. Can this bank account? Move by the feds apply to other protest groups. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure. I, I don't know what the answer is to that, 
but it's a, it's a, it's an unprecedented situation. For 30 days, we're going to have these powers the, in the hands of, of the federal government. The bank account part of it, and we talked about this earlier on the show today too, is like in many ways the most powerful part of this emergency act order. Like we see the cops going through systematically now in Ottawa, clearing out this protest. And there's a lot of people in Ottawa saying, why didn't you do this three yeah. weeks ago? Oh, that's a good question. But, you know, they, I think they could have cleared that protest there without an emergency well, act. They've, they've, exactly. And they've got police there from Quebec, from Vancouver, uh, OPP. This isn't just Ottawa police. This is now a much more larger and hybrid police force there. Again, I don't. you didn't need the Emergency Act to do that, though. Ron and Poco. Hi, Ron. Go ahead. Hey, guys. So um, I, this is off topic, but uh, I'm just wondering, uh, the numbers we're hearing every day, um, uh, are we finding out uh, how many of the uh, resultant deaths are people that the day before were in ICU or in hospital? Yeah, so yes, um, we get the hospitalization and death numbers and ICU numbers every day. Not everyone who dies was in an ICU. Uh, number of deaths, uh, 80% of the deaths, uh, I just actually looked at a two-week uh, tracking number um, just yesterday for the last week of January, first week of February, 80% of the deaths were people over 70. Many of those were in long-term care homes, people in their 90s. And again, people die from COVID-19, and they can die with COVID-19. People in their 90s, and I have some personal experience with this, who are in very frail uh, health, who are nearing the end of life, con um, test positive for COVID-19, and they die within 30 days of that. Did they die from COVID-19, or did they die because they died? They died with COVID. They died with COVID. Yeah. So that's that's what we're seeing right now. The hopeful thing or the encouraging thing is that numbers seem to be improving. Well, the, the positivity rate is going down significantly mm -hmm. every day, but it's still, still high. It's around 12% uh, province-wide, very high in the north and the interior, <clears throat> and actually Vancouver Island, yeah. but very low in Metro Vancouver. So that's that's encouraging. The hospitalizations are going down. Yeah. So these are these are uh, patients who test positive for COVID-19 in the hospital. They can be there because they've got scheduled surgery, knee replacement, and they just have they have to have a PCR test. They test positive. Those numbers are going down. Colin and Langley. Hi, Colin. Go ahead. Hey, good morning, guys. Hey, I was, yesterday I don't know if you saw it. They had a W5 interview with Pat King on the on the it was on YouTube, and a couple of things stood out. They were he was saying that Jugmeet Singh. I don't know if this is a racist thing you're talking about. Uh, wasn't welcome back in India because he didn't denounce the, uh, the Air India attack as a terrorist act. He, did you hear anything about that? And the yeah, other so point he suggested that came out was that uh, when Justin Trudeau um, left uh, um, that school in uh, uh, West Point Gray mid midterm, it was because of uh, alleged sexual allegations with a 15 year old. In no, a no, 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 he attacked uh, Jagmeet Singh, saying he, he basically suggesting he should go back to India. Go back to his own country. Yeah. He's, he's uh, born well, in Jag Toronto. Jagmeet Singh was born in southern Ontario. He was either yeah. born in Scarborough he's or He was born Brampton. in Scarberia, yeah. Yeah, so it was just a nonsensical and offensive uh, attack on Jagmeet Singh. Okay, and Pat King, um, I'm just seeing on Twitter right just now, arrested. Is just has been arrested, it appears. He posted on Facebook that he's been stopped by police officers and he's been ar been arrested. I'm not sure he's still in the camp, though. I thought he, I thought he vacated that place. Um, not, it looked like he was stopped on a highway there or a road, so I'm not sure where he was, but it looks like he's been arrested. Good. Keith, thank you. All right, have a great okay, weekend. that's Keith Baldry. That's Baldry's Beat. Thank you for all your calls.